Welcome back from the break, my friend. Welcome back. The break. Huh. The break is different for all of us. And as we go through this adventure, this time-space continuum, it's your break. It's your time between these chapters, between these classes, to reflect, to dig into the challenges, to make discoveries on all these things that we're laying out. This break, this time, usually it'll be about a week. But it's always up to you. Sometimes it'll be a little bit faster if you're moving through these chapters at your own pace, at your own time. Sometimes life just gets in the way. Family responsibilities, other aspects of life and career responsibilities, health responsibilities. These things show up and they pull us away from the expected. But nonetheless, it's your break, always. Your time to recharge, to find your footing for the next chapter and this next lesson, this next class. So welcome back from the break, my friend. Welcome back to this overview, this time that we get, me and you, to lay it all out there before digging into specific tools and specific exercises. Before I ask of you to work as hard as you can in any direction, I think we ought to earn being kindred spirits. And you've given me an opportunity in our first chapter to lay out a lot of those experiences that have ignited my passion, that centered my focus on the things that actors can do, on the world that we could create, that helps us all fulfill our potential wherever we are as actors. Last chapter, last class, we dug into how are we going to do this by audio form? What does the Elysium aesthetic stand for? What is it after? What is our finish line? And you know we have not held anything back. When it comes to a finish line, we're after everything. Why wouldn't we be? We're after the highest levels of collaboration. I want you to be able to meet any single goal that anybody ever asks of you. I want you to flourish in every acting space you ever play in, dance in, live in. Our goal is for you to live truthfully through those imaginary circumstances with personal, professional pride always, with ease, with efficiency, and with genuine love. But we are going to run into challenges. And since this is something that expands beyond the two of us, that expands to other teammates all around the world, teammates who may be finding great success right this moment in television, in movies, in exciting movie sets all around the world, on fantastic, challenging artistic spaces and theater stages everywhere. There is exciting work happening, and we have teammates that are involved in that right now. We also have teammates, and that could be you, who have never dealt with acting at all, who have barely scratched the surface of training or bringing out their best. You could be somebody who is acting curious, an audience member who has appreciated the nuances of this wonderful art form and are looking for, well, let me dig into this a little bit more because it's something that grabs your soul. You could be somebody who has stepped away from this for a while to focus on things like family or other aspects of your career or your health or your life. You are just right. You are perfect for this Elysium aesthetic process. This is a process that wants to take you for who you are and move you forward, forward, forward until there's just no more forward left to go. The finish line that we cross is personal and it's instinctual. It will be there for you. It will gift you with what you need, what you want to move you forward. But we're all different. And here in this early stages of our overview, of our getting to know each other, how do we know that this is going to be right for you? What are we going to do when we face those challenges, those times when it feels like it's a circle trying to fit into that old square peg, or maybe I've got that backwards. What do we do when it just doesn't seem to fit, when something about the way that you work or the life that you're facing or the challenges, the boundaries of the time you get to work runs up against some of the ideals, some of the things that are being thrown your way here at the Elysium Aesthetic. How do we deal with challenge is the way that I'd love to begin today's chapter. I'm a fan of moving forward. 
Of course, there are challenges. In fact, I think this whole thing is fun because of the challenges that we face and that increased capability that we feel as we grow stronger and more capable because we've met those challenges, because they've asked more of ourselves. We get to become more. But there's always an aspect, a muscle, something that would help us. And that's what I'm interested in. That's what the Elysium Aesthetic wants to focus on when we hit those speed bumps, let alone when we slam into those brick walls. What is the muscle? What is the human characteristic? What's the trait inside of a human being that would almost be built for this challenge that I'm facing? It doesn't matter what we face. There is somebody out there in the world who... It is meant to deal with that moment. It would be easy, efficient. It would be a joy for them to be able to take on that challenge. There's always a way to sort of turn the combination. When I say that, I think of like cracking it to a safe. You know, you got to turn that combination. There's a click in there. There's a click in there. There's a click in there. And there's something about finding that click, that ideal that is a way to move forward. I don't believe in saying, I can't do this, or this is too hard, and stopping there. It could be too hard. We may not be able to do something in that moment. The thing that we're going to ask is that we turn our attention to what would work, what human muscle, what trait that I can't find within myself right now would work in this moment. It's okay if you feel you are not built for that moment, but the work then becomes specifying exactly the trait, the characteristic, the muscle that would catapult you, trampoline you forward. And that in itself is something that I think we could build some muscles for, getting good at that. We can exercise that ability through some personal crafting work. The next PCW that I get to throw your way to build out some of those muscles and make everything easier long term. The purpose of this personal crafting work is to make it all that much easier in the future when we're trying to figure out muscles. What do I need to move forward because I don't find that inside of me during this moment of challenge? So let's begin this personal crafting work, this exercise, this muscle building, by taking a look at some other professions, taking a look outside of this world of acting that we get to focus on so much over here. Let's start by taking a look at the profession of the President of the United States, the Prime Minister of Canada, whichever country you are in, the leader of your country, what I'm interested in, what are those human characteristics that would set a person up for success? I mean the ideal level of success. This isn't anybody else's opinion other than yours. You get to build this puzzle. You get to put this person together. And what I'm looking for are 10, 10 unique traits. When we talk about traits, these 10 traits we're looking for in this profession of this leader of this country, traits want to be positive and they want to be inherent. Traits are not things like emotions. They're not things like you look, you're handsome, right? Or pretty, right? Traits are what's inside of us, what's driving these doings, these choices, this way of dealing with this moment. I say positive because it's very easy and truthful in a lot of ways to say that somebody is stubborn. Stubborn is not a trait that we're going to say is useful for this type of work. The reason is because the work that we do here at the Elysium Aesthetic is not surface stuff. It's not stuff that's based off of other people's idea of the truth. It is the truth. It is the roots of truth. And when we deal with humanity, with us, with what it's like to be a real person, even if we are stubborn, even if we realize that we're stubborn, what we're really saying is we understand that this way of going about our business, society has deemed as stubborn. But in the moment, when it's actually happening, that deepest level inside of us, that root driving instinct, man, that's much more like loyalty or dedication than being stubborn. It's so important for these traits that we don't judge. Judging is always the idea of the thing, what it looks like from the outside if you're not in the trenches, if you're not in the nitty-gritty complex moment itself. In that moment, we're all trying to move forward. All right. So when we are searching for traits for this president, this prime minister, this leader of your country, we're looking for 10 traits, 
positive inherent traits that you believe would make up the muscles needed for this person to soar, to succeed at this profession. All right, let me add another caveat here, another rule, another set of focus to really get the most out of this exercise, this ability that we're going to forge to know exactly the muscle, the trait, the human trait that's needed to succeed and to move forward. When we talk about a trait, I'm only interested in your knowing of that, always. In this work, even if it doesn't feel like we're in the middle of a scene, we are building the muscles of you tapping into that artistic truth and making sure that not a piece of it is left behind. We may all taste similar traits, even the same trait, but when we taste a trait, we're always scratching and clawing and looking and feeling and tasting and finding that click of what the trait is. Oh, we're tasting it imaginatively, even for a split second. We're tasting it through this scenario of highest virtue, this circumstance, this ideal moment when we taste loyalty or dedication or fearlessness, we are tasting it through this moment that it's showing up in this person's life. And in that moment, it's not the idea of loyalty. We're tasting a way that it can manifest and we go, yeah, that's right. That's how loyalty shows up to be important right there. I'm going to choose that trait because I could see how that would equal success. That part of us that tastes not just the trait, but that scenario of highest virtue, that's a part of you that is really tapped into your unique knowing, your unique empathy, what you understand about this world. Let's capture that uniqueness, that artistic truth inside of you by capturing it in a poetic word or a poetic phrase. It's not just dedication. It's not just loyalty. It's not just fearlessness, but it's Sunday morning cookie fearlessness. Whatever in your language captures your truth, dedication. It's worth pausing here to underline, to reinforce how important it is for you to have your own back. For you to not ever settle for offering something else up because other people would understand it. Not in this work. In this work, we want to gift ourselves with truth, with unapologetic truth, even if it's messy, even if pieces of it feel incomplete. Anytime work is being asked of you, it's being asked of you, of what you know from this. So, for this first career that we're exercising this muscle on, we're doing this personal crafting work for, this career of being a president or a prime minister or a leader of your country, I want you to find 10 traits that you modify with a poetic word, a poetic phrase, something that fills out that trait so it tastes like what you really mean when it landed on your radar screen. 10 of them. And here's a tip I'll throw your way to help you get the most out of what you really mean. Let's start with five. Start with those first big five traits that show up when you think of this profession. They'll show up, put them down, and then, trait by trait, dig into what you really mean and modify it with a poetic word and phrase. Then you'll have five modified traits surrounding this profession, making it seem inevitable that if this person had these traits, these specific modified flavored traits, they're going to be really good at this profession. And what you can do then is start to see the gaps. When you have those five circling around those profession, there are spaces in between that that profession can get out of. We want to lock it down. We want to add five more informed by the first five that really, really, really build the puzzle, build these puzzle pieces of traits, build the human being that would soar in this profession. And because we want to get really good at exercising this, let's broaden it so that we get to practice this beyond just a president, prime minister, leader of a country. Let's start with that. And when we're done with that, let's move on to an astronaut. What are the 10 characteristics, those human traits, 
positive and inherent. You'll start with five. We'll modify them based off of the scenario of highest virtue. We'll taste those five and we'll say there are gaps here. I don't know if I fully captured those ingredients of success. And we'll use those five to inform five more traits that will modify and then have 10 modified traits that taste like what you mean when you taste them. Capturing the muscles of the type of person that would soar, literally, no pun intended, as an astronaut. All right, so we've done this for a leader of a country. We've done this for an astronaut. And after that, let's get better at that. Let's do it for a high school math teacher. A high school math teacher in your city, my friend. That will be the third time that we get to practice this muscle building that we're doing right now. We're trying to find a way to get really good, really easy and efficient on being able to capture those traits that equal success. Getting really good at modifying them so that they're not just dry, cliche words that everybody uses, but they capture what I know about all that. After we've had the chance to do the leader of your country, after we've had the chance do an astronaut and high school math teacher, let's continue the fun with a brain surgeon. A brain surgeon. That is the next one on the list. And let's add one more after we've done brain surgeon, a hostage negotiator. A hostage negotiator. All right. The leader of your country, an astronaut, high school math teacher, a brain surgeon, and a hostage negotiator. For each of those, we're going to start with a five. The five will inform the next five and we'll be left with 10 modified traits that capture what you really mean by building up the puzzle pieces, the human traits, those muscles that equal success in each of those professions. Once you've had a chance to dance in that realm, to really build up some muscles, some comfort, some playfulness in this work, Then we'll turn our attention to this magnificent career, this oh-so-awesome profession of acting. We're going to start again with what, to you, are those five traits, those five human characteristics that help a person succeed at the highest level in this world of acting. You're going to modify them because each of those are going to come within your mind, in your taste. You're going to have some scenario of highest virtue, the ideal scenario in which that trait would flourish. Using that ideal scenario, you're going to modify your traits. You're going to have your five modified traits that should surround this profession of acting and really, really make sure that anybody who has these working at this high level is going to succeed at acting. But you're going to look at those five traits and they are going to inspire five more. You'll have 10 modified traits modified by the scenario of highest virtue. And we'll say that is one heck of a muscle builder for what we will do next. We'll grab the baton off of this work and we will build forward. But this is a way to launch into the question of do I have what it takes? Am I right for this work? Everything is about specific muscles. You have things that are stronger. You have things that are more challenged that are not as strong. Whatever that may be, there is specific humanity behind it. And our job, our joy is to be able to unlock each of those areas and take them to their highest level. We all get the right to be frustrated, and we all get the right to be stuck. We all get the right to get lost. But what are the human muscles that move us forward? All right. Muscles. (laughs) Things that we can do to be able to move forward. We're going to keep moving forward down this path of earned excellence, fueled by our Olympic spirit, this spirit that wants to do the work, do the work for every single muscle until it is instinct, all to unleash you, your talent. We're going to keep moving down this path, but let's take this time to be more specific about those special and unique muscles that deal with this world of living truthfully, that deal with this world of character transformation, of dealing with living truthfully through imaginary circumstances, that deal with the world of being the best of ourselves, of working with personal, professional pride, of fulfilling your potential. What are the special and unique muscles that make up living truthfully? 
We know that living truthfully is not something that we can take for granted, that there is a daily body with its guards and filters, that we have an intellect, and both of those have unique missions all trying to help us. But their help is going to pull us away from the moment, pull us away from the discovery of truth in the moment, pull us away from what's possible and infuse the cliché carefulness inside the process. Instead of relying on those guards and filters, what we're looking for is an acting instrument. But what does that mean? An acting instrument. What are the special and unique muscles of this acting instrument? I think of an acting instrument as five areas of our humanity. When the world hits us, when we live within it, this acting instrument plays the truth of what we know. The five areas that comprise our acting instruments are the five areas of human behavior. Physical, vocal, emotional, psychological, imaginative, spiritual. That last one, imaginative, spiritual, I'm going to say is one. Imaginative, spiritual. But those are the five areas of our acting instrument. So when we talk about special and unique muscles, those are the areas that we want to invest in. And when we talk about our acting instrument, we're talking about this ideal, right, of living truthfully, of behavior that comes out of experience. But we want something extraordinary for the work that we do. We're building an instrument that is at the highest level of our craft. So for us, it's not just behavior that comes out of experience. For us, we want an acting instrument that goes wherever the experience is, that releases whatever the truthful behavior is at the highest levels of being sensitive enough to have anything the world is doing push on our humanity, release behavior. We want to take in experiences without filter that cause behavior without apology. Yes. Oh, yes. That is our target for our acting instrument. Experiencing without filter, causing behavior without apology. And we have five areas of focus. Five areas that we get to do things. We get to do things to build muscles, to reshape positive reinforcement, to ask more of ourselves than we do in daily life. When we work at this level, at this level of going wherever the work takes us, of not just having behavior come out of experience, but having experiences that are without filter, releasing instantly, ricochet releasing behavior without apology, that's not just an acting instrument. That, my friend, is a fearless acting instrument. And you know it. That's our goal. We are after a fearless physical instrument, vocal, emotional, psychological, imaginative, and spiritual instrument. I use that word fearless because I mean it. It is hard. All the different areas in life where our daily body guards and filters have just habitually shown up. They just block those experiences. I think of the times, you know, when people say, I love you. And do we fully get what's coming our way? It's complicated life. When people touch us, I don't always want somebody to touch me. Sometimes I do. And even though I want them to touch me, I don't fully take it in. I think of hugs a lot in this regard. Do we fully feel the experience of the hug, or is there some sort of garden filter that shows up that numbs us to some of it, that keeps control over some of it? Boy, our intellect. We can't take that for granted. We want to have a fearless acting instrument, and this intellect of ours isn't going to allow us to let the behavior come out of the moment because that behavior could be wrong. It has lots of ideas, it knows what has been done in the past, it knows the idea of what should be right, and that expectation of result will ignore the experiences of the moment. It's going to impose some predetermined behavior, that cliche, and have us dancing in our own private music video. You deserve an acting instrument in place of those daily bodyguards and filters. An acting instrument in place of the expected result pull that will lead the intellect to making the decisions instead of the experiences of the moment causing those decisions. 
We need to do something about it. And we don't just want an acting instrument. We want a fearless acting instrument. So that is our goal. That's the special course that we're setting ourselves on as we make our way down this path towards unlocking this ideal, setting ourselves free. We need to focus on each of those aspects of our humanity. They're all unique. They're all wonderful. They're all an adventure of their own. What we're going to do area by area, is develop a personal practice that centers on your physical instrument, that centers on your psychological instrument, on the possibilities of your imaginative instrument, on the range, the strength, the flexibility of your vocal instrument in ways that the world doesn't feed us, in ways that the world holds us back. We want to develop a personal practice. And boy, do I love that word practice. It lets me connect all of this stuff we're doing to sports, which I really love. In sports, anything could happen. We do all of this practice, all of this training, but when we show up for game time, we don't have control over the moment. And I'd like to think that that's what we're training ourselves for when we talk about living truthfully through those imaginary circumstances with personal professional pride. Like in sports, practice is a gift It gives us this opportunity to attempt, to struggle, to find the way forward, to then invest in that way, to turn it instinctual, to grow, to develop those instincts so that when it's game time, and boy, for us, when it comes time for game time in the world of acting, I mean auditions, rehearsals, performance. When you're living as the character any single time, that's game time. And for us, we want to use practice. We want to invest and do everything we can in practice, struggle our way forward, find our way forward in practice, so that when it comes time for game time, we're ready to roar. I'm a huge fan of this idea of practice. In fact, every time I think of practice, I think of our friend, Michael Jordan. Now, it's been some time since Michael Jordan has been a professional athlete, but one of the legends of Michael Jordan is that at the end of every single team practice, he would not leave the gym. He wouldn't leave for the day. He wouldn't go home until he hit 10 three-point shots in a row. 10 three-point shots. For those of you who don't know as much about basketball or what this three-point shot business is all about, let me just say, in the Hall of Fame, the best of all time in terms of this three-point shooting is just over 50%. So the best in the world gets it just about half of the time. And we're talking about an athlete who has invested in practice just like every single one of their teammates. And then when everybody else is gone, doesn't leave until he hits 10 three-point shots in a row. If one, if it's nine and one clangs out, he starts at the beginning. He starts at the beginning, always, every practice throughout his career. Why does Michael Jordan do that? Why would anybody do that? And I think there's an answer in there that speaks to our philosophy our sense of investing and our way of readiness. Something happens in sports when you show up with that sort of readiness, where all the work that you're doing, all the success, all the muscles you're building, where they become instinct. When you don't leave the work until it is automatically there for you. We want to be like Mike. We want to practice like Mike. When we invest in our instrument like Mike. When we invest in our vocal instrument, in our emotional instrument, in our psychological instrument, it's a long-term investment. These personal practices is for the game of acting in life over the course of our careers. Each of those five areas of our humanity are areas that are bound by the rules of the daily body, bound by the rules of the intellect. And the daily body and the intellect have proven themselves so often that they're going to win that out. We use our practice to change those instincts, to build an obvious trust in our acting instrument where the daily body guards and filters, where the intellect wouldn't even think to want to jump into this realm. It's our job and our practice to earn concentrating that work into something that can get modified into a personal warm-up. 
But when we talk about the special and unique muscles of living truthfully, those things that we're going to do down this path before we cross the finish line of Elysium, we're talking about investing in personal practices for each area of our acting instrument and then modifying those practices into a personal warm-up with expertise, with efficiency. Our personal warm-ups are going to be tailored to the exact needs, to the exact constraints of whatever moment, whatever atmosphere, whatever professional boundaries you're in. All right, let's launch this adventure of this ultimate struggle, this challenge between who's in charge? Is it going to be the daily bodyguards and filters and the intellect? Or is it going to be your acting instrument? Before we get started for anything, we've got to just know what's going on. We got to know ourselves before we grow ourselves. You got to check yourself before you wreck yourself, and you got to know yourself before you grow yourself. We are going to grow this ability, but let's get a sense of what's there now. Your personal crafting work for this section of today's class is to do nothing for 10 minutes. To do nothing. What do I mean by that? Doing nothing doesn't mean checking out or taking a nap. Doing nothing are the doings of the daily body. A release of that planning, of that judging. A release of agenda, of what's supposed to be. Simply being. Doing nothing that the daily body habitually pulls us towards, forces us, and creates rules for, so that we can be privy to the everything that is existing in the now. Doing absolutely nothing in order to be, in order to live, in order to be part of and affected by all the everythings around us. Ten straight minutes of being, a human being, that baseline of existing. Ten minutes. At the end of those ten minutes, let's release the experience on an unapologetic sigh. (sighs) Whatever that may be. You could find yourself on your back lying on the ground. You could be standing outside in a park. You could be sitting on your bed. For now, those aren't the things that are important. What's important is that you gift yourself with being, with existing, with doing nothing for 10 minutes. At the end of those 10 minutes, maybe set an alarm or something of the sort so you don't have to have an agenda, trigger, or button push that daily body, get it all excited for no reason to be checking in on time. At the end of those 10 minutes, maybe alarm goes off or something. Just release it, just release it, unapologetically, on a sigh. And I'd love to know the discoveries and the challenges from that. So taking a moment afterwards, after the release of that sigh, to just touch base to make a couple of notes, to touch base and make sure that you're specific so that we have something to chat about, me and you, something you can share on our forums, something you can share on those chats, where your teammates around the world get a sense of the discoveries, the challenges of this baseline of being, doing nothing for 10 minutes, released on an unapologetic sigh. All right. Let's keep focusing on the muscles of forward. We are moving down this path, and we have a finish line that when we cross it, ah, nothing short of paradise. So, what are the specific and unique muscles now that center on transformation, that center on our art of rehearsal? This time that we have to do things, we know that in order to live truthfully through imaginary circumstances, we need a transformation toolbox. And that transformation toolbox is going to be filled with exercises, tools, things that we can do to be able to capture the transformation of nurture, of nature, of all the aspects of life. We know that this art of rehearsal is about knowing exactly what to do from the first moment we 
encounter the script through the final performance, all the while thriving off of all the unknowns along the way. I mean, that's when we master the art of rehearsal. When we talk about the special and unique muscles that come with mastering the art of rehearsal, when we look closer, what does that really mean to make the most of the time you have to get ready, to set yourself up for success? Let's break that down into three unique areas. The first area is preparation. Preparation. Getting ready for the work. The tools that instinctualize that nature and nurture, the tools that instinctualize, habitualize the artistic truth, the character knowings that exist inside your humanity. When we talk about preparation, we're also talking about those things that we do. These tools are there to transform every single collaborative request, the director's notes, the writer's notes, every single thing that others are asking for you into that same goal of instinctual character knowings. The next aspect of our mastering the art of rehearsal lies in transformation, Moving with expertise and efficiency, not just from our daily body into an acting instrument that's filled with possibility, ah, but going from that acting instrument into the life of the character. That's an aspect of mastering the art of rehearsal that we're going to put a focus on. That's not something that we are ever going to take for granted. Just because we have all these tools and all these exercises, how do we put it together so that I can be myself Whoever I am on any day of the week, whether I've just dealt with the kids, whether I've just dealt with the agents, whether I've just dealt with some time off, whoever I am, whatever it feels like right now, the art of rehearsal is the art of transformation, of taking yourself from that daily body into the possibilities of an acting instrument and then into the life of the character. The third area, the third special and unique focus that we'll have in mastering this art of rehearsal is going to center on growth. Growth. Knowing exactly how to review your work. What just happened. What you just lived through. What just happened to be able to create a time-tailored menu before that next opportunity, that next rehearsal, that next performance, to set yourself up for success. A menu of things that you can do to move you forward. Rehearsal is about growing, about being better the next time, about moving forward. So, in order to master this art of rehearsal, you've got to become your best teammate in terms of growth. Of course, working at the highest levels of freedom within form means that taking notes is a gift. The ability to get other pieces of feedback from your collaborators, we are going to learn how to make the most of that for sure, how to place the proper priority on those things that the people who hire us, the people who are counting on us, that they ask of us. But no matter what, wherever you are in your profession, whatever and whenever you work, Our focus is on you having your own back, on mastering this art of rehearsal by knowing exactly how to review it, that work, that live through, that living through those imaginary circumstances that you just did, how to take that experience and create that menu, a menu of just exactly what you get to do, what you have to do, what you want to do, what you know you're supposed to do, and how to do that before the next opportunity comes. That's not something we could take for granted. You having your own back, you having the clarity of being able to live through, put yourself out there, go for it, and then to be able to turn around and know exactly how to set yourself up for success the next time. When we talk about getting to know each other and saying things like mastering the art of rehearsal, having a transformation toolbox, that really is the first step. But what is that transformation toolbox? It's got to instinctualize those character knowings, that nature and that nurture, all the form, all the requests from your collaborators. It's got to turn into something that is an instinctual, habitual character knowing that lives inside of you. That's preparation. That's showing up ready. We talk about transformation. We talk about making sure that this wonderful work that you do finds you in the moment. 
We have not done our work until we know how to let it go so that it shows up in its proper place and its proper time. We have to know how to accept ourselves for whatever day that we've had and allow the work of our personal warm-up that me and you are going to develop that's born out of those personal practices that you and I are going to get to invest in over our time together. To let that take us from our day into the possibilities of an acting instrument working at its highest levels that take in experiences without filter, releasing behavior without apology, and then catapulting us into character, catapulting us into the life, into the life of the character, from daily body to acting instrument into character. That's transformation. That picks up the baton from the preparation that we have done, allowing us to live truthfully through those imaginary circumstances. And when the work is done, when we have lived through, when we got to live as character, we want to know how to be able to move that forward, in addition to all the wonderful complementary pieces of information that are going to come our way from our collaborators. We need to know how to create a time-tailored menu of what we just experienced, what actually occurred in such a way that gives you exactly the focus, exactly the direction of what you need to do to be better the next time. The art of rehearsal is the art of growing of being better that next time, of learning. All growing is learning. All these things, all these skills that we're being asked to do character by character, all the tools that we're going to learn over here, that's about learning, that's about growing each role that we play. We're learning something new. Each new director that we work off of, we're learning a new person's language, new person's perspectives and strengths and challenges. Each company we work for, each set we're on, each different person we play off of, we are learning, we are growing, we are becoming better. This profession that we have is a profession about growing, about learning. So let's take a moment over here and demystify the process. For me, it's important that you know that you are exactly right the way that you are. Of course, you have challenges and we're going to deal with them. Of course, you have strengths and we're going to build off of them. But when we talk about learning and growing, too many times people psych themselves out. Don't give themselves the opportunity to know that you already have everything you need inside of you. That the challenges you face are human challenges, not signals that there's something wrong with you or that you have a unique challenge that nobody else has. We're all human. Part of why I have the confidence and surety that this aesthetic works for you is because it is a human aesthetic. When we talk about learning, let's talk about human learning. Let's talk about human learning because it matters to what we're dealing with now, this mastering the art of rehearsal, but because there will be times over your life, over your acting life, but over your life, when all of a sudden you think maybe there's something wrong with you because it's harder for you to get something or for it to be easy to work with. You might think that you have an issue and let's, let's talk about how humans learn. I'm a big fan of talking about the Olympics, this Olympic spirit. So let's talk about my gold medal Olympic worthy nail biting that I did as a kid. Let's use that as an example for the stages of learning that human beings go through. There are four stages of learning that all human beings go through, all in the same order, and there's no exception for anybody. Not anybody that's alive today, not anybody that has lived before us. I cannot say for sure that there won't be some crazy thing that happens in the future. But as human beings, as much as we know them right now, we move through four stages. All human learning begins with stage number one, unconscious incompetence. When we talk about learning, It gets to start with not knowing. For everybody. (laughs) Like there's just some people with born with that knowing inside of them. It all begins with unconscious incompetence. Not only do I not know this thing, I'm not competent at this thing I'm trying to learn. I don't know it yet. I don't even know it's there. So let's use this 
nail biting that I did when I was a child. So you can imagine me walking down the street thinking I'm so cool and I've got two fingers, one from each hand, inside my mouth and I'm just chomping away at those nails. People are smiling at me, they may be waving, pointing at my fingers, what in heck is going on? But I just, ignorance is bliss. For me, it's super exciting. I'm walking down the street thinking I'm Mr. Cool and I've got fingers in my mouth and I'm chomping on those nails. Unconsciously incompetent. Stage number two of human learning in the world of nail-biting is somebody coming over to me and saying, Hey, friend, stop biting your nails. Or why do you have those fingers in your mouth? And I may go, huh? And all of a sudden, it lands on my radar screen. That's how learning works. That's how growing works. Something lands on our radar screen, and all of a sudden, we know that we don't know something. That second stage of human learning, I remind you, is the same for everybody. We all get to discover that there's a mission ahead of us. That has to happen in order for us to move forward. So there's there's nobody who all of a sudden doesn't know, doesn't have any idea, and then boom, all of a sudden they are there. Everybody, everybody has the light switch turn on and realize that there's work to do. That's stage number two. Me, standing there with my fingers in my mouth, going, oh. (laughs) Stage number three, in human learning. If stage number one was unconscious incompetence, stage number two is landed on my radar screen, we'll call that conscious incompetence. Stage number three is now conscious competence. Ah, the turn has been made Finally, we're moving towards some sense of learning, of growing, of getting competent at it. But the word conscious is there to start. So what does that mean, conscious competence? I mean, I guess in the world of nail biting, that might be me with my fingers moving slow-mo up towards my mouth and then my other hand coming out of nowhere and tackling that finger before it has a chance to get in there and get busy. (laughs) I mean, the only time that I can find this sense of competence is when everything is on my radar screen, when I am paying attention to it, when I'm doing things and I'm wrestling over there, I can be consciously competent. If I stop thinking about it, if I wasn't doing things, if I hadn't paid, if I don't pay attention, then I don't find that sense of competence. That's stage three. That's earned work. Nobody gets from stage one to stage two, and then gets to skip over stage three and move into this final stage, which is unconscious competence. I'm doing it. I've learned it. I've got it. I don't even have to pay attention to it, which to us means it's instinctual. It's now my new habit. I haven't just learned it in my brain. I haven't learned the idea of it. I've learned it in my bones. Me. It's part of my humanity. Nobody gets to step over stage number three. Nobody in all of humanity gets to skip doing the work to become competent. It is different for all of us, though. Some of those stages are harder than others. Certain times of our life, times of day, depending on who we're working with, all of those things have a right to make each stage uniquely challenging. And it doesn't mean that we'll always only be challenged with stage number three. But it's important to know that that's how it works. And if we're talking about this nail-biting scenario, when we get to stage number four, that's that cool version of me walking down the street, shooting thumbs up to everybody, because this is my version of cool, walking down the street. But no fingers are going into my mouth. It's not even something I'm paying attention to. I'm there. I've learned it. Unconscious incompetence is always step number one. Step number two is always conscious incompetence. Step number three is always conscious competence. And step number four is always unconscious competence. It matters that we're fair with ourselves. It matters that we try really, really hard. But there's purpose behind the struggle. There's purpose behind the work. And when we know specifically what we're trying to get better at, it doesn't matter the challenge because all humans face challenge when we're trying to learn. And we're in the business of learning, of rehearsing, of using time to move forward. So 
We began today's chapter, today's class, talking about what we're going to do when we run into challenges, trying to develop an exercise that builds the muscles of knowing what would work for any type of profession, any type of need. I'm interested, as you look at these four stages now, for you to wonder at what is the human trait that helps a person flourish when they're in stage number one? What's the human trait that makes a person flourish when they're in stage number two, stage number three, and stage number four? Let's go further with that. What is the human trait that makes a person flourish when they're hovering and waiting between those two stages? Try thinking in that direction as well. Let's add that to our personal crafting work, this trait work, this way of getting good at figuring out the muscles that we can modify with scenarios of highest virtue so that they poetically taste what we really mean. And let's apply this developing exercise, this developing strength of ours of being able to hone in on the human muscle that moves a person forward. Let's apply that here as well, not just to those wonderful, interesting, adventurous professions that we talked about beforehand, but also here to the four stages of human learning. All right, let's now move forward to the question of what are the special and unique muscles that are all about personal professional pride? We know personal professional pride is this fork in the road that separates this aesthetic from that other path of playing pretend of that easy escape. We don't want to take anything for granted. We know personal professional pride is going to count on something from us. The sense of earning the excellence that we're after. Of not just doing work, but earning our way forward. Earning the best of ourselves. It's so worth it for you to do work and always know that you have delivered the goods. Ah, you deserve this. So what are the special and unique muscles that will unlock that ability? We talk about finding our path, getting a good, clear sense of your personal artistic finish line, that just because we all say that we want to fulfill our potential, that we want to work with great, deep personal satisfaction in our art, that we have to discover what that really means. And so when we talk about uniquely, specially how we focus on that here, we're going to call that finish line, that thing that we're building towards, your Elysium artist. This artist that exists in this type of paradise. Your Elysium artist, it's a lifetime, a culminated lifetime of earned excellence. When I think of our Elysium artists, it's the best of ourselves, right? It's who we want to be when we grow up. All these little puzzle pieces that we have come across in our lives, the mentors we've met, the people that we look at and we say, I want to be able to do that in my profession. I want to be that sort of person. These puzzle pieces, they comprise one big, beautiful picture. And that's the picture of who your Elysium artist is, who this person is that has figured it out through experience, through doing all of this work how to love, how to work from that place of love, how to see the best of, feel the best of, work off of the best of everybody who you're collaborating with, how every place that you get to do this art form in is a gift to you. That person has figured that out through a lifetime of experience, and we're going to build this Elysium artist for you and allow it to be your guide in life. Another special and unique way that we're going to build the muscles of getting to our personal professional pride is by turning life into our artistic gym. And we talked about that, not being able to take for granted timing and that how that usually sinks most people when they think idealistically, ambitiously about what's possible for you in this world, in this career, in this art form. It's hard To think of yourself doing all of the work when there's so many other poles in terms of life. So how do we turn the life that we live, that you live, that I live, that all of us live into the type of artistic gym that's going to culminate with a fulfilled potential? For that, our unique focus is going to be on what we call our daily Elysium Artist 
Report. Our daily Elysium Artist Report is going to be the thing that builds the daily muscles of not just our Elysium Artist, but the muscles that we're counting on for everything that we're doing in the now. All the things that will help us soar in our auditions, that will help us be the best that we could be when working opposite other actors, when working off of the notes of a director, those muscles that we want to count on today, let alone for the things that help us cross a finish line of a life of excellence, that's going to be found in our Daily Elysium Artist Report. This Daily Elysium Artist Report, this dear, it's going to track your progress. It's going to guarantee growth. It's going to build the habits that you want in your life, the things that you wish were there for you that would make everything easier, more efficient, more extraordinary in this world of art. Dear, I don't know what's more dear than you caring for you, the artist. Everybody asks so much of us, and they expect so much of us. Even those people in our lives that love us, our family, our friends, our teammates. Who but you cares for that most dear artistic flame inside of you? This work at times is subtle. It's about listening to that harmony inside of you, digging into the nuances, the nooks and crannies of your truth. If you don't believe in yourself, if you don't feed yourself forward, who can, who will ultimately? I don't know that there is anything more dear in this work than that time that we spend investing in ourselves, in you. You having your own back. So, when we talk about these things that we do, these steps that we take down this pathway of earned excellence, down this pathway that crosses a finish line of paradise, of the paradise we all deserve right now in our work, there are special and unique muscles, things that we want to focus on to be able to make sure we get there. In the world of living truthfully, in the world of our acting instrument, that's going to involve those five areas of our humanity. It's going to involve our physical instrument, our vocal, our emotional, psychological, imaginative, spiritual instrument. When we talk about the muscles of living truthfully, of an acting instrument, we have our sights set on a fearless acting instrument, on experiences that come in without filter, that cause ricochet behavior without apology, a fearless acting instrument that we invest in, that we build through a personal practice, through something that we can do daily to take everything to the next level, to separate the cap of daily body life and find the extraordinary possibilities that exist uniquely inside of you, my friend, in your acting instrument. And over the course of our time together, We're going to personalize that so it is working for you. I want this to work for all the yous that are out there. But this is about me and you. And nothing is complete until these practices are personal. And when we have invested in that direction, we are going to unlock a type of concentrated power that allows us to adapt this work to any scenario the world throws our way. Your personal warm-up. That's going to be something that'll take you from your daily body, whatever that is, into your acting instrument. That ability to be able to live in the now, unbound, ready to play the truth of the world around you. Taking steps forward on this path of transformation means that we set our sights on what does it mean to master the art of rehearsal. And we now know that's found in three areas— in the art of preparation, in the art of transformation, and in the art of growth. Preparation are those things that we do, and we don't stop doing them until they are instinctual character knowings. They could come from other people, they could be born out of our own inspiration, but everything culminates with a free, instinctual character and working from this life that knows. That's where transformation comes in. We'll do all of this work, but mastering the art of rehearsal is about knowing how to go from that daily body into that acting instrument, catapulted into the life of the character. And growth. 
you should always know how to move yourself forward. Rehearsal is about that time of growing, of being better, of learning. And so, being able to create that time-tailored menu of whatever the experiences were for your character, for what you just lived through, and setting it up so you know those things that you can do to move yourself forward, to be ready, to be better, to be at the highest level you can be for the next time, that's part of mastering the art of rehearsal. Preparation, transformation, and growth. What are those things that we do? What are those steps that we take, though, that culminate in personal professional pride? In excellence, in earning the highest levels of what we know, what you know inside of yourself that you are capable of. We are going to unlock your Elysium Artist. We are going to build a daily Elysium Artist report, turning life into your artistic gym. These are all the things that we get to do. The steps that we get to take forward, forward, forward until we cross a finish line of freedom, of working at the highest level possible. Those things that we do, that we get to do, are crucial. But where we earn our excellence is in how we do them. How you go about your personal crafting work, how you build those muscles are what's going to separate you from everybody else, going to help you unlock your talent, make you somebody that is impossible to compete with, and set you up for golden success. How you do your personal crafting work, how you show up ready for game time, like Michael Jordan, for whatever the world is going to throw your way, ready to live truthfully through those imaginary circumstances, ready to go where no one has ever gone before in that role, ready to expand our humanity as we taste your truth, your work, as we live through it with you. How you prepare is how you live. How you go about your personal crafting work is everything, my friend, which means it is next on our list and something that we're going to get to after our next break. 